Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes every Sunday and Monday morning. The inspiration for this podcast was a desire to write, share, and talk about things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. This is a Sunday morning sobriety episode where I discuss all things related to physical and emotional sobriety. As always, it's important to remind everyone listening that I'm not an expert or the final word on addiction, sobriety, or recovery. I began this series to share my own experience, strength, and hope for anyone who is on a journey of physical or emotional sobriety. We are exploring step six in the 12 steps today, and I'm going to share some of my own thoughts and reflections And I will follow that up with some questions and journal prompts for anyone interested in doing some of their own work on this topic. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. So this step takes the concept of willingness and brings it to a whole new level. And we've been talking about willingness in just about every step up until this point. So to the outsider, it can almost sound a little silly that this one sentence requires a whole step. And it almost seems redundant, right? Like something we could easily overlook. Because for most of us in our daily lives, we don't normally pause and process where our willingness exists. We just assume it's there and that it's going to do its job and there's going to be no problem. We never think about what it looks like, what it feels like, what it requires of us, or how it will transform us. And we certainly don't do anything to prepare for it. We do things resentfully or in moments of self-pity, or we do them while we're telling ourselves a story as to why we are the victim in a situation. We launch headfirst into emotion And it almost becomes a distraction. But steps five, six, and seven all break this process down into baby steps for us, which is the teachable moment because the steps don't allow us to self sabotage or get into grandiosity or set ourselves up to fail by overshooting the mark. Which, let's be honest, if you're listening to this and you're doing the steps, you probably fit into those categories in some area of your life. The steps are actually teaching us to pace ourselves, to check in with ourselves, to build emotional intelligence, emotional sobriety, and emotional agility that we can use to build a strong foundation underneath us as we do more complex work. And hopefully, if we are working the steps and we're living our lives, things will shift. We won't be in fight or flight and dealing with the complexities of early recovery or sobriety. 
we'll grow, we'll mature, and we'll have different opportunities to use these skills. So this step also brings us back to the concept of being cared for by a higher power. And it invites us to continue to examine that through a new lens. Because initially, we may have thought that a higher power was just going to punish us or force us to do things that we don't want to do or turn us into people that we don't want to be. But step six reminds us that our higher power is here to support us, guide us, and even has the power to take things away from us that are harming us. Step six also helps us to shift our perspective on the concept of readiness. So often for people in recovery or any kind of sobriety, whether that is Al-Anon, sex addiction, alcohol, whatever it is, we believe or we imagine that readiness is equivalent to everything being perfect according to our idea of perfection. So readiness in our minds is things happening at the perfect time, the perfect way, or when someone says the exact perfect thing. And here in this step, we're being shown that perhaps our concept of readiness whether it's in the steps or in our relationships or at work or our family, readiness, our previous concept of it, wasn't really serving us and was in fact harming us. I mean, just think, how often have we cut ourselves off from people or opportunities or experiences because we decided we weren't ready When the reality is, we actually were ready, we were right on time, but we were just scared, or we were self-conscious, or we had imposter syndrome, or we were anxious, or we were afraid of being abandoned, or we were resentful, or we didn't like to be told what to do, or we felt that because we didn't have all the information, that something must be wrong. And so here we are looking at this concept of readiness and saying, maybe this is another case of distorted perception. You know, a common theme we're seeing as we move through recovery and sobriety, it's not just about the thing that we have an addiction issue with. It's about our thinking and our perception. And so maybe that is something that we also have to turn over. So in step six, we're turning over character defects. Maybe my distorted perception of readiness is the first thing that I can turn over. Now, something that I want to point out is that so many people can get hung up on the wording that is used in this step. Character defects or defects of character can feel like someone's pointing a finger at you and saying there's something wrong with you. And if you're new to sobriety or you're in early recovery, you're already dealing with a lot. So you don't want to deal with a feeling like someone's looking at you and saying there's intrinsically something wrong with you. No one is saying that here, and that's not how we're using these words. But they are really powerful, and they're going to be tools that we rely on over and over and over again. So I'm going to invite you to look at your character defects as 
coping mechanisms that no longer fit into our lives. So for example, if you were living in fight or flight, then things like violence or anger or resentment were probably things that saved your life. But they are character defects. So as you move out of fight or flight and you move into rest and relaxation and you begin a healing journey, whatever that looks like for you, but especially if you're in recovery and sobriety, these are no longer tools that you want to bring into your everyday situations because you're not fighting for your survival the way that you used to. You're making attempts to grow spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, and these things will actually harm you. So it's not saying you're bad because of them. It's saying you might have outgrown them, and isn't that amazing? At one time, they probably saved your life. They probably helped you to feel safe and secure and get all of your needs met. And that makes perfect sense. A defect of character really is just something that we have outgrown. And we don't have to throw a fit about it. We don't have to try to squeeze back into it or force it to work in our lives. I'm sure that we can. I'm sure a lot of us try. But wouldn't it suit us better to just open our hands and turn it over to a higher power who probably knows what to do with it better than we do? And another way to look at character defects and this step and all of this letting go that we're talking about is we are simply being willing to abandon our limitations. We are finally ready to let those go. And so when I begin to shift my perspective, and instead of thinking that character defects are the only thing keeping me alive, I start to look at it as, wow, those are my limitations. My character defects that once kept me alive are now holding me back, and it's really okay to let them go. Another area of confusion is sometimes people don't know which character defects to start with. And I'm just going to encourage you to not overthink it. Nine times out of ten, that's actually my advice in every situation. Don't overthink it. Just start with some common ones and see where it takes you. We all navigate fear, pride, dishonesty, gluttony, greed, lust, jealousy, grandiosity, willfulness, and anger. I mean, that alone is enough to deal with. You don't have to go much deeper than that. You know, just diving in and seeing where those show up in your life and your thoughts and your actions, that will give you enough to work with. As always, I'd love to share some questions and journal prompts that might help you in your own journey through this step. So to begin... Do you believe that you have the ability to change? How have you changed so far in recovery? What are some of the secondary gains of your character defects? Are you willing to have all of your defects of character removed? If not, why? Which ones are you holding on to? 
Which ones are you unwilling to let go of? Are there any character defects that you believe a higher power can't remove? How does your experience with surrender in the previous steps help you with step six? What actions can you take to show that you are entirely ready to work this step? What were my conditions for readiness prior to joining a recovery program? Make a list of what you believe are your major defects of character. Which character defects do you want to hold on to? Why are these defects of character valuable to you? What advantage do you have by keeping them? Which character defects also contain assets? What evidence do you see in your life today of your higher power's willingness to help you improve your behavior? Describe some secret good deeds that you have done or you would like to do. Describe situations and events where you have avoided responsibility for your actions or lack of actions. What has this avoidance brought into your life that you like or enjoy? What problems has it caused you? Describe situations and events where you have been dishonest. What has this dishonesty brought into your life that you like or enjoy? What problems has it caused you? Describe situations and events where you have been envious or jealous of others. What has this envy brought into your life that you like or enjoy? What problems has it caused you? Describe situations and events where you have been greedy, overly needy, or materialistic. What has this greed brought into your life that you like or enjoy? What problems has it caused you? Describe situations and events where you have been full of pride. What has pride brought into your life that you like or enjoy? What problems has it caused you? Describe situations and events where you have given into excessive behavior, whether that's eating, drinking, shopping, or sex relations. What has this excessive behavior brought into your life that you like or enjoy? And what problems has it caused you? I hope those questions give you something to really dive into and work on this week. As always, I encourage everyone to really 
explore these steps and explore the literature. You can pick up the 12 and 12 or you can pick up the big book in any program and I'm sure it would offer so many insights. Until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Check out this week's playlist on my personal Spotify account and join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at Love Letters and Mixtapes. If you enjoy this episode, consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio.